Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! about two minutes after nine o'clock on October 29, 2019. This is a Tuesday and this is my um, show I do every once in a while. It's the Kingsman Report. Uh, my name is Ryan and this is the news everyone ignores. So uh, basically what I want to go into here is a little history on um, on um, the history of of uh, RFID technology. Um, it started, you know, back. Um, uh, it can be traced back to World War II. We're going to talk a little bit about like uh, that to lay the foundation. Uh, we're going to talk about um, 
the president's advisor, the building that he owned, the address to said building, and the technology company called Lucid Technology that was in this building and the address of the building. He no longer owns it. It was sold August 2018, but the address of that building was 666 Fifth Avenue. So in the book of Revelation, you know, I posted the scripture on, on here, um, Revelations 13, 16, and he causeth both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark. Um, so this is going to get into the technology. Now, had we talked about this, you know, or when it was being talked about previously to this, um, this was more, you know, Orwellian conspiracy compared to uh, where we're at now. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff um, we are seeing uh, uh, being brought to fruition through different, you know, technology agencies. Um, one of the technology agencies, as a matter of fact, is called... Um, well, let me see if I have it up here. Yeah. Um, uh, was called, well, um, Digital Angel. And then uh, another technology that was spoke about back in the day was a um, company named Verichip who owns a corporation and it is called the Halo Infant Protective System. And, um, you know, the picture of this is creepy, but it's an external device now. And um, as we go along further, you will see how they are trying to implement these things into a physical form. And it'll take shape as a computer chip or a implantable microchip. So, like I said, this is the Kingsman Report. It's the news everyone ignores. And um, I'm going to say this, because I, I, I got to say this again. You know, some of the stuff you talk about um, on here, like we're about to talk about, certain names that I'm going to say on here, can and uh, do get, you know, shadow banned and bogged down. So if you guys miss this, if the fee gets cut, I'm going to keep going, and then this video will be edited and uploaded later on. But you can also get these um, videos in podcast form. Uh, you can go directly to Spreaker. It's on iTunes, CastBox, Google, uh, no, Google Podcast, and a whole, a whole bunch of others. Uh, so you can just, you know, go directly there. So, you know, earlier in another video I talked about it was called DEWs and the popula uh, depopulation experiment, and I talked about a, um, a, a group or an organization that was started, and it's called the ID2020 Alliance, and uh, this will go into that, and then, you know, yesterday uh, in, a, in a post that I made, we talked a little bit about um, the uh, real ID system that uh, they're trying to implement in the I believe Oklahoma, where we're at, and um, Oregon are the last two states that um, 
have complied with this because of so much pushback and the people, the citizens of our states, both states, especially here in Oklahoma, have pushed back against the technology saying that, you know, there were fears of, of how their personal information would be stored. And um, this is the reason why I also had the letter from Homeland Security to our governor, and I'll show you guys that as well. So, keeping in mind, um, like I said before, you know, a lot of this stuff, you would, back in the day, you would have said, well, you know, this is a conspiracy. There's no way they're going to put a chip in us. Um, if you are a Bible believer or if you read the Bible in the book of Revelations, the scripture that I just read for you clearly says that. So I've told you and I've shared with you my perspective on you know, the physical mark, not, well, the spiritual mark and not necessarily the literal mark. So the physical or the, the physical uh, mark are those who, um, their eye is, is full of, of darkness and the deeds that they do with their hands to create darkness and to carry out uh, depravity. Uh, it can be all of us. It can be some of us. It can be those who choose to walk in darkness and to and refuse to follow the light and those people are you know serving uh, self-gratification self you know desires of the flesh things of this nature and and they are um, walking in that way already so what i'm gonna get into is everyone if you believe what the bible says is going to be forced to take this chip free which free in the spirit we do you know uh, we walk according to that spirit. You know, we're we're um, bond servants to to the Father, and that's what we do. That's who we follow. Free bond, our free slave, rich poor, everybody. A way to track you. They're uh, going to implement this. You know, they're testing at third world countries right now, and it's under the guise of take these vaccinations. Why do you think that they're so controlling about everyone has to have vaccinations? You know, if you look into vaccinations, you'll see. Um, who controls these vaccinations and why it's so important that they continue to push that agenda because later down the road, this is how they are going to implement insertion of a microchip into you for tracking. Now talk about, you know, Neuralink is in the description and it discusses um, a implantable technology that goes into the brain and, uh, how you know Elon Musk wants to have this implantable technology so that you can uh, link to your computers and you know you have a lot more access, easier access than uh, you know having to pick it up in your hand and and dial on your phone. But I will say this: your phone right now has the majority of your information in it. it. Doesn't necessarily have your identification in it as far as your ID, like your literal ID, unless you have a picture of it in there. Um, it does have your banking information if you have accounts, if you've bought on Amazon, if you've done any of these things, your banking information is out there and it's accessible, especially on the dark web uh, where it is bought, sold, traded, everything you think of, your information is out there, it's sold, your metadata out there, it's sold, it, they benefit off of you. I will say this also. You know, people think that this can't happen, and as long as we continue in this country to fight against each other and refuse to unite, whether it be religious differences, 
or political differences, agendas, liberalism, conservatism, whatever it is, and we continue to divide ourselves by class, race, and religion, they are going to continue. That is what they want us to do. It's called the divide and conquer. They want us divided, fighting amongst ourselves, distracted by that battle between each other so that they can build and they can continue along with their agenda and they can perpetrate this agenda. And by the time we wake up from it, from fighting amongst ourselves, it will be too late and it will be at your front door and they will say, here you go, you need this chip starting off by giving, making you get a real ID, the federal government stepping in and they're saying, hey, you need to have this real identification and we want your passport information on it and we want uh, all of your information on it. You can't go into federal buildings without it. You can't do anything without this real identification. All of it will be integrated into a card. This is the first step. We'll talk a little bit about, um, I think back in the day, there was a different name for this, but it's now called, and a buddy of mine, Trevor, uh, pointed this out to me. It's called Epic, and that is where they take all of your healthcare information and all that stuff is put in on a database, and then it can be easily, you know, given to doctors everywhere. They want to take all this vaccination records, health records, identification records, banking records, all these things implemented and, and, and integrated into one little device, put it inside your hand, buy, sell, and trade, track, and everything. Your phone is doing it right now. It's external. They want it internal. You can destroy the phone, get a new one. This way, it's, you know, you're, you got to physically remove this thing. So, with all that being said, we will get into this. Now, I told you I would talk a little bit about this later, that it's the address of the building. So, a little bit on the history of RFID technology. And this is from 2005, this article, because what you're going to see is a lot of people started to wake up back then and they started to expose these things and then it just kind of fell away. So then recently articles have been popping up about the ID2020 Alliance, the family, Rockefeller family that's behind it, that's funding it. Um, and then we're going to get into this crazy conspiracy, if you will, about the people who were um, on the Malaysia aircraft that disappeared. We will get into that, who these people were, who owned the company, were the people that knew the technology, like the back of their hand, no pun intended, and were killed in this or, and disappeared in this Malaysian aircraft flight. We will get into who actually owns the company, where that company is located, and actually where they're rolling out these first uh, ID2020 alliance experiment in this country. Okay, I said earlier it's an experiment overseas right now in third world countries, and they're pushing it through vaccinations. And now we are going to get into how they're going to implement it in this country. And you'll see or you will question why don't they do certain things about our laws. Well, this is why. All this is part of a plan. All this is part of control. All this is part of uh, invasion of your privacy. And as long as you continue to hand over our liberties, we don't understand freedom. If you want freedom, hold on to your liberties. 
at this point I'm afraid we are a little too far in and it is going to take an upheaval of rebellion to even overthrow or everyone to stand up and say we don't want this and I'm not personally inciting or calling for that I'm just saying other countries are doing it right now as we speak this will all be integrated into a um, uh, social credit score um, so you know in China you can't even talk to certain people unless your social credit score meets a certain standard and if you're seen talking to someone with a lesser credit score than you then it docks you credit score points and then you know you're pretty much an outcast and you can't have anything to do with a normal society function within that society or anything like that all these things will be put together it's happening right now in silicon valley they are developing all these things whatsapp app is one of these apps in which they are testing out that system so if you think that just because you know administrations have changed and stuff the administration may have changed the agenda behind the scenes whatever you want to call these people operating the system they still have a plan and they're still going forward with a plan so pay attention that's all i'm saying pay attention you may have thought this is a conspiracy pay attention okay so like i said uh, January 16, 2005, this is from the RFID Journal, and as I read, I will post these in the uh, comments below, and you guys can read these for yourself and make up your own minds. I just give you the information. Read, make up your own mind. Decide what you want to decide. I'm not forcing this on anyone. We ourselves, when forced with facts, choose to ignore said facts, then we are choosing to be ignorant, and we will remain ignorant, even though it's right in front of our face slapping us. So, it is generally said that the roots of the radio frequency identification technology can be traced back to World War II. The Germans, Japanese, Americans, and British were all using radar, which had been discovered in 1935 by Scottish physicist Sir Robert Alexander Watson. Uh, Watt to, uh, to warn approaching planes while they were still miles away, and the problem was there were only... Uh, Sorry, and the problem was there was no way to identify which planes belonged to the enemy and which were a country's own pilots returning from their mission. So, the Germans discovered that if pilots rolled their planes as they returned to base, it would change the radio signal reflected back, and this crude method alerted the radar crew on the ground. And these were German planes and Ayala aircrafts, and this is essentially the first passive RFID system. So under uh, Watson Watt, the, uh, who headed up the secret project, the British development of the first active identif identi identify friend or foe. So this IFF system, remember that word. That's going to come in later to where we are now. That same terminology, the identify friend or foe system, is important. Um, they put out. Uh, they put a transmitter on each British plane, which will receive signals from radar stations on the ground, and it began broadcasting a single or a signal back to the identified uh, the aircraft as friendly. And now RFID works on uh, the same basic concept: a signal is sent by uh, to a transponder, which wakes up and either reflects back a signal passive uh, system or broadcasts a signal, which is active system. 
Okay, so advances in the radar RF communication systems continued through the 1950s and 60s, and scientists and academics in the United States, Europe, Japan, did research and presented papers explaining how RF energy could be used to identify objects remotely. And companies began commercializing anti-theft systems that use radio waves to determine whether an item had been paid for or not. So this is electric article surveillance tags. You have you, you see them on clothes um, whenever you go shopping, the little white chunky things. Um, that, you know, beep whenever you walk out of the door. So, uh, which are still using packaging today, um, have a one-bit tag, and uh, says the bit is either on or off. If someone pays for the item, the bit is turned off. The person can then leave the store, but if the person doesn't pay, try to walk out of the store. Okay, so I just explained all that. So the first RFID patents were Mario W., um, Cardulo claims to have received the first U.S. patent of the active RFID tag with rewritable memory. Uh, this is also important. On January 23, 1973, that same year, Charles Walton of California Entrepreneur received a patent for a passive transponder used to unlock a door without a key. You see how far back this goes. Now, if they are building this technology this far back, Okay, dated all the way back to World War II. Now we're in the 70s. If they're doing this all the way back then, this is 2019. Imagine how far we've came. So, uh, a card with an embedded transponder communicated a signal to a reader near the door, and when the reader detected a valid identity number stored within the RFID tag, the reader unlocked the door, and Walton uh, licensed the technology to uh, Schlage, a lock maker and other companies. So the U.S. government was also working on RFID system. And in the 1970s, Los Alamos National Laboratory was asked by the Energy Department to develop a system. And Los Alamos uh, National Laboratory is in, um, in New Mexico, and it's about 40 minutes from Albuquerque. Um, so it was asked for tracking nuclear materials, and a group of scientists came up with the concept by putting a transponder in the trucks and readers at the gates for secure facilities. The gate antenna would wake up the transponder in the truck, which would respond to an ID, potentially other data, such as a driver's license. Okay. Um, by the way, you have RFID chips built in your credit card. That's what that little chip thing is. That's why you can take a cell phone. Any of you have a new cell phone, uh, you know, a Galaxy S10, uh, an Apple phone, and, and you go to a Apple Pay, for instance. So you used to have the, these little card readers that you would plug into your phone, and then you would take, um, you would take your, um, you would plug that into, like, the volume uh, plug-in on the phone. And then you would uh, swipe the card with that. Well, now you can take any card that's got an RFID chip and an open Google Pay, and you can take payments just tapping your phone. If you don't believe me, try it. Um, I use it. So, um, <laughs> uh, so they were working on the 1970s, and okay, so the system was commercialized. In the mid-1980s, when Los Alamos scientists who worked on the project left to form a company to develop, develop automated toll uh, payment systems, and these systems have become widely used as roads and bridges, tunnels around the world, and goes a little bit into that. So, they started testing this technology on, you guessed it, ladies and gentlemen, animals. Animals. The reader for the animals, if you buy a home device, is called the Halo device. Funny, 
if you research, and I say this all the time, go to the Book of Enoch, and you're going to find out who gave us this technology and why they call it Digital Angel, Halo, all these things, and why they're manufacturing a chip that it just so happens to be for those who worship the beast and his image, and he's the Antichrist, and he is a fallen angel. Read the Book of Enoch, and you're going to discover that, well... This is where he's going with it. It mocks God, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so over time, companies commercialized a 125 kilohertz system, and they moved up the radio spectrum to a frequency of 13.56 megahertz, which was unregulated and unused in most parts of the world. High frequency offered greater range of faster data transfer rates, and companies, particularly those in Europe, began using it to track reusable containers. And blah blah blah. In the early 1990s, IBM engineers developed and patented the ultra high frequency U, uh, UHF RFID system. And the UFA, uh, UHF order offered a longer read range up to 20 feet under good conditions and faster data transfer. IBM did some earlier uh, pilots with Walmart but never commercialized this technology. And when it ran into financial trouble in the mid 90s, IBM sold the patents to Intermec. A barcode systems provider, Intermec RFID systems, have been installed in numerous different applications from warehouse tracking to farming, but the technology was expensive and at the time due to low volume of sales and lack of open international standards. So it got a boost in 1999 when the Uniform Code Council, EAN International, Procter & Gamble, Gillette put up funding to establish the Auto ID Center at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and two professors there, David Brock and Sarma, had been doing some research into possibly putting low-cost RFID tags on all products. All right, so uh, this is a picture over here. This is early app cattle tagging. So you know you can have your animals chipped and tagged. You can have... Um, you know, you, you get a new animal uh, at the vet and they offer if you want it um, chipped or, or tagged. I think some of it comes in ink, some of it comes in in um, an actual chip. Use a, a home halo device and if you find a stray, you can scan an animal and it gives you their information and all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, animals are always the guinea pigs before the humans are and so on. So... I wanted to show you this because I wanted you to see how old this technology was. Okay, 1935, right? Developed from there. It's 1977. Remember what I said? Remember this. Identify friend or foe system. That's important. All right. So I will Copy this for you guys, and like I said, I will put it over here in the comment section, and you guys can do with it what you will. Okay, so this this uh, article here, you know, the guy's kind of biased. He doesn't necessarily like uh, Trump. Whatever, teach their own. It says uh, more and more uh, info continues to come out about Jared Kushner, which we weren't aware of back in 2016 during their uh, elections. Um, so it turns out the billionaire uh, uh, Jared Kushner owns, and 
Cubemine, I said he owned, he doesn't own this building any, any longer. He sold it in August 2018. He no longer owns it. So, But the building was 666 Fifth Avenue, and uh, it no longer has that number like this on it anymore. That, that was actually a picture of the building. Um, it's covered up by Citibank, but Jared Kushner, Orthodox Jew, um, owned this building, sold it recently as of last August of 2018 and the address was 665th avenue and it held within it lucent technologies okay so this is a little history of lucent technologies here i'm gonna you guys can um keep that read up on it watch the video if you want so he no longer owns it but um, in, uh, in the building, um, uh, Lucent Technology does research in RFID chips meant to be implanted in your right hand. This is the use operating system. Now, this is what's insane. The operating system for this, and uh, I'm not going to put these two up here because they are in this article, and you can click on it and research it, but the software that operates this RFID implant in particularly is called Inferno. All right, so you're getting all these allegories that have to do with hell, Inferno, Mark of the Beast, Revelations, Antichrist, the names that are all behind these digital angel, Halo, all these things have spiritual meanings behind them. And if you look down here, it says, interestingly, in Italian, Inferno, Inferno means hell. So we're going to skip on past that. And uh, lucid means brightly lit or luminous. All right. So here is this. This article is a little, a little insane here, guys. Um, so this was a conspiracy um, back when this incident happened. And a lot of times I don't like to use this stuff, but uh, <clears throat> hang on a second. So this says uh, Jacob Rothschild has inherited the patent to a powerful semiconductor, and the semiconductor is a part that goes within inside this um, technology. It's part of the technology that belonged to four engineers who went missing on the Malaysia Airlines flight. MH370. So, the famous billionaire known, uh, now owns the rights to the Freescale. Okay, Freescale is a company, and we're going to get into who owns the company, but and it is based out of, well, you guessed it, um, Austin, Texas, and we're going to get into that, so... Uh, so he now owns um, the rights to the Freescale Semiconductors ARM uh, Microcontroller KL-3, which is new improved version of KL-2. So this is a crazy story about the Rothschilds exploited the airlines to gain full patent rights to the incredible KL-3 or KL-3 microchip. is going haywire across the internet, especially involving Jacob Rothschild as the evil uh, master plotter, but... This is a U.S. technology company had led, our, our, uh, which had 20 senior staff on board the Malaysia Airlines flight MH370, had launched a new electronic um, 
warfare gadget for military radar systems. In the last days before the Boeing 777 went missing, a Freescale Semiconductor has been developing microprocessor sensors and other technology for the past 50 years. The technology it creates commonly referred as embedded processors, which according to the firm, standalone semiconductors that perform dedicated computing functionings in electronic systems. So it says, why are so many Freescale employees traveling together? What were their jobs? What were their mission? And if... Uh, if so, what was this mission? And it says, uh, can these employees be the cause of the disappearance of the plane? Could the plane have been then hijacked and these people kidnapped? So the the 20 Freescale employees among 239 people of the flight MH, uh, MH370 were mostly engineers and experts working to make the company's chip facilities in China and in um, uh, um So more effective said, Mitch also, Vice President of Global Communications and Vest Relations, says these people with a lot of experience to technical background and were very important people. It is definitely a loss for the company. So in Malaysia, Freescale's modern operation facility that manufactures test integrated circuits, or ICs, is based in uh, Petalig, uh, J. Uh, says based on the information obtained, from Freescale's website, the facility began operation 1972, shortly after I just read in the article there. These are one of the branches, so uh, this technology has been branched out and um, I guess um, handed out to other, you know, smaller technological companies and they're all building these different parts, experimenting, researching, and, um, you know, I guess collaborating and reporting information, comparing notes, and the and the like. But uh, so uh, covering an eight uh, hectare site, it is specifically designed for the mount, um, for the manufacturing and testing of microprocessor, digital signal processors, integrated radio frequency circuits. So it is also owns Freescale RF, which is involved in creating solutions for aerospace and defense listed below. So these are some of the um, different uses for it. And like I said earlier in the first article, keep an eye on identification. I'm highlighting it right there. Identification, friend or foe, IFF. Freescale shareholders include the... Carroll Corp or privately liquidity investors who post advisors have included ex-U.S. President George Bush Sr., former British Prime Minister John Major. So, you know, uh, the U.K. is important. I'll get to that. Um, so, you know, this goes into um, boarding radar technology. Um, this is a little anonymous video. I'm not going to play uh, target copyright strikes. But... Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to post this too. So the patent was approved by the U.S. Patent Office, uh, is divided into 20% between five starters. One of the owners is a company itself, Freescale Semiconductor, and it is located in Austin, Texas in the United States. And the other four Chinese employees of the company are there and their passenger related airline disappeared on March 8th. So if you go down here, so it's in Austin. Now, 
If the patent holder dies, the other owners share equal, uh, equally in dividends from the deceased and four of the five patentees died, then the patentee left alive gets 100% of the patent. That remaining patent holder in the company, Freescale Semiconductor, who owns the Freescale, or Freescale Semiconductor, well, you guessed it. His name is Jacob Rothschild, and he's a British billionaire, and he owns the company Blackstone, which turns... Uh, which in turn owns the company Freescale Semiconductors and several speculations on the internet. Now pay attention to the circumstance. Um, so this is how he acquired this technology. And uh, I thought this was interesting. So why would they, you know, all these people be after this if it wasn't in for something? So, so the UK would be important. This is November 13, 2018. So it's a little, you know, it's about a year ago. Um, that this was out it says UK corporation to begin implanting microchips in one thousands of citizens, or in thousands of citizens. British, com uh, British companies are raising red flags with unions and employer organizations throughout the country for moving forward employed chip implants. And the companies claim that the implant of microchips bolster security and improve convenience for workers. Critics claim this will allow employers to control the and micromanage employees. Critics also believe that the employees risk jobs lost for refusing to comply. One chip company, Biotech, which is important because that's another predominant one, allows the employer to conveniently implant the chip between the index finger and the thumb. If the employee or uh, of the employee, another company produces a chip smaller than a bird seed. Employees that utilize implanted microchips will be able to use them for opening their office doors, start their car, and store their medical data. This is all important because the most recent article that I can find is the ID2020 Alliance. And you're going to see where that's rolling out next and who they're going to test it on first. Uh, so this part should terrify us all, honestly. The UK CBI, which represents nearly 200,000 UK, UK businesses and sounding the alarms over uh, the trend. While technology is changing the way we work, this makes for distinctly uncomfortable reading firms concentrating on rather more immediate priorities and focusing on engaging their employees. So this is just one place. As microchipping would give bosses more power to control over their workers, there are obviously risk involved and employers must not brush them aside or pressure staff into being chipped. So this uh, is another way they are uh, promoting it is through convenience. So, you know, they, they want to tell you, well, um, we can, you know, we can do these things for you and we can offer you these things and we can make this convenient for you by putting all your information. In. Look, you can start your car, you can turn your, your lights on in your house, you can um, easily scan in and out of your, your, uh, um, your work, your home, um, check out at the register. You can do all those things like taking your phone like this and tapping it on an NFC reader inside of a store except for they want there in your hand and this is the route so they're gonna push it like you know this is the convenient thing to do this is this is the technology we offer you know 
understand this technology and and uh, there's nothing bad it's you know decentralized it's um decentralized you have control over all this information right um if they tell you you have control you absolutely have no control over the information it's out there it's it's out there and then who's to say you know hackers can access this information walking by with their phone and touching it to your hand Who, who's to say that that isn't a possibility we don't know so um, where am I at so here's another one and this is uh, this is from 2018 this is from uh, well day after my birthday May uh, 20th 2018 says more than 3,000 people in Sweden have been implanted with tiny microchips beneath their skin to replace their credit card information identification keys trains tickets among other everyday items and this is reality and like I was saying like people you know in in um, when when they came out with um, Obamacare um, it was in the 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 paperwork. If you read it, it, was later changed because it was freaking everybody out. But it was said that um, in the Obamacare paperwork that you know people that took the Obamacare would would be forced to put a chip in their hand, and this would you know hold all their medical information, and it would make it a lot easier, more convenient for the doctors to be able to um, find out what you know your your uh, patient history or your family history it would just be easier to to do this types of stuff so um you know i'll show you later on they would say that the, that all this stuff was this is untrue this isn't going to happen you know one of the major companies um uh that was going to do this was a company i believe it was called um uh let me look at this real quick I think it was called because uh, I kind of got rid of it here, but uh, Modix, Modix. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! This is it right here. So yeah, so one of the companies here was Mondex, actually. So you can actually look look this company up, for instance. And um, you know, this was 2008 when Motorola was a predominant company. Oh, and and, and by the way, Lucid Technologies in this history that I was gonna show you guys here. One of the predominant companies associated with this is AT&T, right? So communications, uh, and as you all know, they're trying to implement 5G technology. But, um, so Modex, or Mondex, sorry. So, and this, this is from 2008, the biochip measures 7 millimeters, it's the link, uh, is the length and about uh, 0.075 millimeters wide it's about the same size as a grain of rice 
back when this was written, you can look up, um, I mean, go to your Google, DuckDuckGo right now, which I prefer, but um, Google Mondex. And you're going to go in there and, and it's going to show you or tell you that this is a bunch of false information. It's not true. Now, I've just showed you all these articles where this is absolutely true. And uh, whoever wrote this article came out with this 2008. And what's funny about this one, Mondex is a is a um, company that has uh, cards, so basically like a credit card. So, and he has the same scripture in here, Revelations thirteen sixteen. All right. So, what what's crazy about this? And it's a lithium battery, and those batteries can contaminate you. But here's what's funny, Mondex. Money in your hand, mon, monetary, dex, right, hand, side. It's right here. So you're talking about a monetary system, a healthcare system, identification system, all of this information logged and put onto one chip. And this is a reality. You can think it's a conspiracy. Um, but it, I mean, it's going to be introduced as you know, this is this is convenient, and everyone should do this. So yeah, this is um, the one out of uh, Sweden, and people are getting chipped, and it says microchips are encased in a shell slightly larger than a grain of rice. Now, I told you the Mondex one was told this was false, and now here we are, in May of two thousand eighteen, and it's the same description. They're using the same technology. It's out there now. So you, there's not any, really any denying this. Um, let me copy this for you guys and put it over here. All right, so. Um, so it says, well, there it is. It says the chip allows the person to pay for the items, access uh, their building and their computers. It's the same thing that's going on in um, UK. This is, you know, the Swedes um, version of it. Look, there's a woman with a phone and a guy with a chip in his hand. And she's using the NFC reader to read the chip. How convenient. And there is the picture of the guy getting the chip. There's the uh, instrument used to Im implant the chip. That's pretty pretty big needle there. Uh, it says what could go wrong. It says Sweden is in the beginning of beginning in the beginning innings of biohacking its civilian population and ushering in a dystopic future. Um, so, you know, dystopia is the opposite of utopia. It's, um, you know, it's a worse situation than promise. It's, you know, nothing, nothing awesome about it. So where the government and corporations will have an unprecedented amount of data on its population. In other words, the country is turning its citizens into cyborgs. All right. So this goes into a little bit about, uh, you know, I want to talk about this because this is kind of along those lines, but this is 
turning its citizens into cyborgs. And this is the um, idea from, you know, uh, genius Elon Musk, a Tesla owner, a boring company, and now his new company, Neuralink. And uh, it says Elon Musk has launched a new company called Neuralink with the intention of connecting computers directly to the human brains, according to a report. It says Wall Street Journal reported that the billionaire entrepreneur whose other interests include sending humans to Mars and exploring a neural-laced technology and the implementing of tiny electrodes into the brain that can be used to give direct computing capabilities. Musk has not officially announced the new company, but after the journal's report, he tweeted confirming more of our more news of Neuralink would come out in the week. He has previously previously talked about Neuralaces as something that somebody's got to do, adding if someone doesn't do it, then I think I should do it. So currently brain computer interfaces are mainly one directional with the most common uses enabling some motor control and communication tools for people with brain injuries. There recently been some success stimulating the brain to feel and this is just another part of linking all the information together Neuralink and of course you have uh, old, uh, Zuckerberg here and, and you know he's kind of against um, what uh, Musk is doing because he wants to go for a um, non-invasive way to do it and by putting like you know creating a bracelet that goes on the wrist and then you can access and, and do all this stuff from um, um, your wrist kind of like a um, an Apple uh, watch or whatever. So these are a couple of the other technologies that they're trying to implement that are kind of like these technologies, but kind of like next level. So you basically got a tag that they're trying to put in you that keeps track of all your personal information. And now, you know, they're trying to uh, offer, and, and I don't think this one necessarily is going to be one that is, you absolutely got to do this. Um, I think this is one that, that is going to be a choice. But uh, down the line, I think as long as the federal government um, has control and they continue to overreach and and wither away at our um, our freedoms then and, and take more of those away from us, then they're going to force things upon us, such as the things that we're going to get to here. So... This is a little bit about Epic, and this is the electronic health records. This is part of um, the information that they, whenever you go to the hospital, doctor, whatever. It used to be, I think back in the day, and you guys could put in the comments if I'm wrong, but I believe it used to be called PRISM, and this was a few years back, maybe seven years ago. It used to be, I think it was called PRISM. It's changed its name to Epic. Um, but um, this is where they take all your information, your health information, put into a database, ask you crazy questions like if you own firearms and all that junk. They log all that into an, uh, a database. All this is being saved. Who knows who has backdoor access to this? But all this information integrated on a chip. ID integrated on a chip. Bank information and monetary system integrated on a chip. Run along with your social credit score and you are part of the machine. So this is just, I'm going to get into the real ID because this is something that is starting to roll out in our, in our state, um, which we'll have to, uh, you know, comply with the orders of Homeland Security coming up in, I believe, September of next year. And I will show you those, those, uh, paper, that paperwork from Homeland Security. But it says uh, it was enacted in May of 2005, and in this act of Congress, it modifies the U.S. federal law pertaining to security, authentic, um, 
authentication and issuance of procedure standards for driver's license and identity, identity documents as well as various immigration issues pertaining to terrorism. The law sets forth requirements for state driver's license and ID cards to be accepted by federal government or official purposes as uh, defined by the Secretary of the United States Department of Homeland Security. The Secretary of the Homeland Security has defined the official purposes as boarding commercially operated airlines. Basically, you can't get on an airline and even fly domestic unless you have this identification and you will have to take this identification. They are going to uh, rid us of the original identification that we already have where, you know, they do the facial recognition software and scan your fingerprints, and that's integrated into the um, software, put a, a barcode on the back of it, and they can bleep your thing, and it has all your information. They don't even have to read it anymore. Just scan it. Uh, for instance, if you go buy a pack of cigarettes, they ask for your ID, and they can just scan it. They don't even have to read it anymore. <clears throat> so... Uh, boarding commercially operated airline flights and entering federal buildings and nuclear power plants. I don't think the majority of us will even enter those. Although the law gives the secretary unlimited authority to require a federal identification for any other purposes. So the Real ID Act implements as following its Title II of the Act establishes new federal standards for state-issued driver's license and non-driver identification cards changing visa limits to, to, for temporary workers, nurses, and Australian citizens, funding some reports and pilot projects related to border security. This, funding some reports and pilot projects related to border security. So I'll get to that. Introducing rules covering delivery bonds similar to bail uh, but for aliens who have been released pending hearings, updating and tightening laws on application for asylum and deportation of aliens for terrorism, and waiving laws that interfere with construction of physical barriers at the border. So this goes a little bit into it. Um, if you want to get the whoops, if you want to get the just of um, what the real ID information is and what requirements. Um, there will be there for you guys. Uh, so, like I said, I'm pasting these in as we go. And uh, you guys can check those out. Um, okay, so, well, let me go back to this for a second. So, I told you two states. Um, we're still behind on this. And um, you can see here, um, granted extension, Oklahoma is one of these and um, Oregon is the other and um, our extension is about to be up all right um, so here if you are in Oklahoma you can look here this is uh, October 2nd 2019 and this is the uh, to the Honorable Kevin Stitt is governor of the state of Oklahoma it says Department of Homeland Security, DHS, recognized Oklahoma efforts in supporting our shared go goal of improving the um, security of the state issued driver's license and identification cards. So as discussed in our letter dated August 1st, 2019, Oklahoma indicates that it has a path forward towards satisfying the real ID requirements and anticipates that this will achieve full compliance by August 30th, 2020 such as DHS is granting Oklahoma an extension through September 18, 2020. 
to satisfy the requirements of the Real ID and regulation for the duration of the extension. Federal agencies may accept Oklahoma-issued driver's license and identification cards for official purposes. I strongly recommend that Oklahoma submit its compliance certification materials to DHS as soon as possible. After Oklahoma believes it is less satisfied uh, or it has satisfied the Real ID requirements in order to provide sufficient time for DHS to complete its compliance determination review. So, um, It says, uh, for the benefit of your residents and to help ensure the smooth transition to full Real ID enforcement, I stress the importance of Oklahoma using the additional time to take whatever steps is necessary to uh, satisfy any upmet requirements in order to fully implement your Real ID program. And the final Real ID enforcement deadline is October 1st, 2020. Beginning on that date, federal agencies may only accept state-issued licenses and identification cards if those cards are issued in accordance with real ID standards by a real ID compliant state. Additionally, since your state plans to allow residents the option to obtain non-compliant card, it is important that Oklahoma begin informing its residents that upon the enforcement deadline, only a real ID compliant card or acceptable alternative form of identification such as a U.S. passport will be accepted for official real ID purposes, including for use of identification at transport, uh, well, TSA, airport security checkpoints. So Oklahoma will need to participate in quarterly reviews with DHS to demonstrate its uh, progress in implementing any remaining real ID requirements. Failure to demonstrate continued progress of these reviews uh, could result in a revocation of your existing uh, extension and subject Oklahoma residents to federal enforcement of the Real ID Act and regulation. So if you don't comply, we're going to step in and federally enforce Oklahoma residents to get the real ID. Um, so that's that part. And um, it says, uh, required to access federal facilities, including military bases, sporting commercial aircraft, full list of identification documents accepted by the TSA at airport security checkpoints can be found at tsa.gov. And you guys can go and I will put... Um, these over there for you guys to look at as well if this will let me post these in here yeah all right uh, let me get the back page here for you guys so i want to show you this because um all your information like i said passport um your birth certificate identification social security number all these things will be on this uh, in order to even take a domestic flight and get the uh, TSA, any of that stuff, you're going to need one of these IDs. And if we fail to comply as residents, the federal government's going to step in and basically force us to. And, um, you know, this is this is how they roll. So this is the road we're on right now. So any of you curious, this, this actually came out uh, today. And I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, post this over in the comments as well but this just gives you a um, a little look at um, a real ID state leaders give a glimpse into what the Oklahoma uh, licenses will look like so this is what our identification looks like now which was changed not too long ago um, but uh, 
In 2007, Oklahoma passed a law that said our state wouldn't comply with the Real ID Act, citing concerns about how residents' information was stored. And over the last few years, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has given Oklahoma several extensions to meet the requirements of the Real ID Act. Without the extensions, federal agencies would have been prohibited from accepting Oklahoma driver's licenses, proper identification cards. And Oklahoma is still one of just, well, I just showed you that. Us and Oregon are the last two states um, um, that are not Real ID compliant. And after officials uh, believe the state will be ready when Transportation Security Administration, or TSA, begins requiring Real ID in October 2020. You're going to have to get this if you plan on traveling, guys. Or good luck, I mean, drive. Uh, but don't plan on going into any federal buildings, nuclear plants, and yada yada yada, because you're not, they're not going to allow. And I don't even know if, if, uh, I, I imagine when you go to get your ID renewed, you're going to be forced to take one of these. You're not going to really be able to opt out of it. Uh, so you're going to have to take it. But according uh, to the latest timeline given to the Department of Public Safety by Vendor, the um, project maintains its progression towards the estimated target date of April of 2020 for the initial rollout. And additionally, full statewide implementation will be completed by September 2020. The state's latest extension request read, official told News 4, they plan to begin real IDs April 30th, 2020 in select locations. And this is what it'll look like if you guys are watching here in Oklahoma. This is what it'll look like. And this is your under 21 ID. So, now I went over this in, in the video, uh, DWs and the 2020, um, in the, um, or sorry, um, DWs and in the uh, depopulation experiment. So, this is the manifesto. I'll, I'll Put that on there but you guys can go watch the other video and in, in or listen to a podcast it plays all this information on there i'm not going to rehash it but uh, they basically want to uh, use um you know homeless people as guinea pigs in order to implement this through vaccinations in austin texas where rothschild company's at and uh, you know they've been testing this software and uh, I guess initially hardware as well uh, for decades but this is the manifesto I posted it over in the uh, comment section you could check that out there but so this is the 2020 uh, alliance and uh, yeah it's gonna be this came out September 10 um, it's gonna be rolled out in Austin Texas so says we're we're building with not four people living in the experience of homelessness and the service providers who engage with them says the city of austin's chief innovation officer uh carrie o'connor we're working to empower people uh to their or to own their own data and a single source but you as you know guys like if the data's out there i mean and and they have it they have it i mean Whoever wants to know anything, if you are a dissident, if you are a rebel against their cause, their democracy, any of that stuff, they have your information, they know where you're at, your health records, everything about you, your blood types, all this stuff. They have it all. All of it. And they're going to get to the point where they implement a, a device such as the Halo's device that they put in infants 
and one of the ideas in an article that I was reading is that they want to um, use that that uh, you know the spiel for vaccinating your children. They want to use vaccinations as a ploy to implement the um, the uh, RFID chip into your child and um, oops and um, be able to track a child. They do have a halo types device um, in uh, some places but I mean here I'll pull this up and you guys can look at it yourself but this I mean this is just creep uh, just just nuts right here this picture you guys ready for this that is the halo device that is the picture uh, I don't know if this is necessarily true but this is the picture infra protective system and this is the picture it's a little device Jim goes along the hairline and um, you know, this is one of the reasons they want to push vaccinations. Everything has air, uh, multiple connotations to it, meanings behind it, uh, reasons behind it. It's layered like onion. You just got to look for it. But like I said, this is old. I don't know if um, that's something necessarily that they're going to do, but um, I would imagine they plan on it. And then... Um, I wanted to bring this up because um, this says um, while the uh, ID2020 programs testing grounds are primarily in the third world, the group says it is also now working with governments here in the United States to start microchipping people through vaccination. Oh, so in Austin, Texas, for example, the homeless population is being exploited as a collective guinea pig for the ID2020's microchip vaccination program, which the group claims will help to empower the homeless people by supposedly giving them control over their personal identity data. And uh, the city of Austin, ID2020, and several partners are working together with homeless people and the service providers who encourage, uh, or sorry, who engage with them to develop a blockchain-enabled digital identity platform called MyPass to empower homeless people with their own identity data. And that was from the biometricupdate.com. And then I was, whoops, I was gonna show you guys this. Oops. These are the companies that are financing it. You have the Rockefeller Foundation. You have Microsoft. Um, Bill Gates is retired from, from that company. And then you have big pharma companies. That Gavi is the Vaccination Alliance. Uh, Attenture is the global management consulting professional firm. And um, IDEO.org is an international design consulting company. But you have your technology, Microsoft, your vaccination alliance gavi and your uh, deep pockets the rockefeller foundation these are the companies that are are uh, behind this and you know you guys um i covered a, a lot of stuff but this is clearly a long 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 rabbit hole all this information, you know, I set the foundation for you. This is when it was um, started to be created. Uh, this is where it is at. Um, you know, like I said, you know, this stuff was conspiracy, considered conspiracy uh, a little while ago, and, and now it's, it's coming out into the open.
And, you know, I titled this, is this the mark? I mean, is it, you know, um, you have the deeds of man and you have the spirit that drives a man, whether it be light or darkness. And, um, you know, the number of man is six in Hebrew and, um, we serve our own selfish desires. We are, um, we are vehicles. I mean, this flesh is a vehicle. It's driven by a spirit. And whether you choose that spirit to be good or evil, that's on you. And at the end of the day, we're all given a choice. This, um, if you read the book of Revelations, it's not necessarily going to be a choice. They're going to try to force it on every single one of you. And they slowly start implementing this stuff through identification, uh, records they keep on you. And then they tell you, oh, you know, your information's safe. Trust the system. Trust the system. And time and time again, they continue to prove that they can't be trusted with your information. And this is where we're headed. So you guys just keep your eyes out for all of this. And um, so one more thing that I was going to show you guys on here. And shout out to One Fold Ministries. You know, they posted this earlier. And I thought that I would show you guys. It's from 2 Thessalonians 2.10. And this is what it says. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So, at the end of the day, you can think that, you know, we do this. Or, you know, we tell you, you can think that we tell you guys this because, you know, we're fear mongering you uh, or, you know, we're just trying to scare you into uh, salvation or anything like that. I've heard it all, um, but we're all called to be watchmen and, uh, and men and women. We're supposed to warn each other. Like, we don't know how far this is out. We don't know if this is tomorrow next year we don't know we i mean we're not future tellers we can't foresee that far but it is coming it will i mean it may not be in my lifetime per se but it could be in your children's lifetime your children's children's lifetime and in that total control dystopia um, society and democracy that, that um, is happening all around the world um, could be a reality right here you know um like I said the, uh, in, a, in a previous video, the depopulation experiment, there will be, according to the Deagle, um, there will be a mass depopulation of 79.7% in this country alone by the year 2025. Famine, pestilence, only certain things can cause these. War. What are we heading for? Just be aware of your surroundings. You know, watch what, what's going on around you and pay attention to this type of stuff. We're not paranoid. I've talked about this for a very long time. I've been called crazy for a very long time, and it's just coming and coming and coming. And pretty soon, you know, no one pays attention, and, and when they do start to pay attention, it's too late. And, and you have no choice but to either comply or die. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. And, uh, you know, I would like you guys, or I would enjoy it if you guys would call in um, sometime and, you know, we could talk about certain things like this. But um, this is um, uh, the Kingsman Report. It's the news that everyone ignores, obviously. 
um, because we put it out there and, and it's not for views per se. Like, dude, I'll probably get booted off this platform for this and I'm going to have to continue to go other places until I can find stability in that. You can get it on iTunes, Spreaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, a multitude of, of different platforms without the visuals. YouTube. You can watch these videos on YouTube. So, just pay attention to what's going on. Um, and beware, alright? So, my name is Ryan. Um, this is the Kingsman Report, the news everyone ignores. And shalom to you guys. And until next time, y'all bless. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. <sighs> Aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking? I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price, 999.99. 0% APR while supplies last.